What's up, everybody? With the NCAA championship game over, what do we have look to look forward to now? Is the end of the NBA regular season and the NBA playoffs. We're in April now. Um, only just less than 15 days to go until the NBA playoffs start. But first, there's a lot of seating that needs to get sorted out. Um, what are your reactions so far to Super Sunday and Super Tuesday today of the NBA? Man, I mean... They're really kind of putting us to shame with the way these games have transpired so far on with our predictions uh, yeah. last week. I know you had the Spurs, and then they go on this little hot streak out of nowhere. And um, the Pelicans are actually the team that's looking to be potentially out when they looked pretty comfortable about a week ago. So there's there's going to be a lot more movement, I think, uh, coming into these last this last week here, honestly. There's only one more week of the season left, man. Yep one more and it's such a consequential week for a lot of these teams even for a team like the i guess like the warriors who still need to find their mojo too before they go into the playoffs but i mean everybody in the western conference is definitely panicking even the cavaliers the king is also a little bit worried about where his <laughs> team's going to end up but uh, we're covering sure. it all here on the second stringers nba podcast um but first here's a trivia question for you sean so okay um kevin durant recently was on the bills bill simmons podcast actually a couple days ago it was released um so he was talking a little bit about the day that clay thompson just went off for 60 points and he claims that thompson did either either one of these things during practice and it's a multiple choice so here are the three oh, you're, choices you're, you're helping me out with this one yeah so i'll give you three <laughs> choices so kevin durant okay. claimed that thompson did what during practice before he scored 60 points a ate half a pound of candy <laughs> B, he completely just slept through practice. <laughs> or three, he put up 1,500 shots before oh the game. Well, you'd think putting up 1,500 shots would just make you tired. That's a lot mm -hmm. of shots. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? No, it can't be that one. <laughs> Ate half a pound of candy, slept through practice. Uh, I'm going to go with eight half a pound of candy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. He seems like a guy who's got a sweet tooth, but it's actually, <laughs> he actually, Duran claims that Thompson actually slept through practice. Really? Wow. Yeah. Apparently, he claims um, that Thompson told them when they asked where he was, why wasn't he at practice? <laughs> I guess Thompson said that he had slept, he had overslept by two hours, and by the time he realized oh he was gosh. late, he, he just, he, he realized that he might as well just go back to bed instead of showing up two hours late to practice. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous. You're, you're a guy like the most professional level of the sport you can be in, and you just sleep through practice, and it seems like, yeah, you don't get punished at all, and then you go out and you play really well. Yeah. Well, I don't think um, they're going to be doing that anytime soon since I guess you can do that when you have the luxury of confidently knowing you're the best team in the league, and at this point, that confidence has been slashed probably in half with all the injuries that this team has, but... We'll talk a little bit more th about that later. But first, the Charlotte Hornets pretty confident or they've they've already offered the job to Mitch Kupchak, who has yet to make it official. But at this point, it seems pretty confidently that Mitch Kupchak will be joining the Charlotte Hornets next year as their new general manager. What's your reaction to this, Sean? Um, it's weird. So I know I think we had talked about this a while ago, maybe like a few months ago about how they're choosing between him and uh, Michael Jordan's high school teammate. Right. I think his name was buzz. I thought that made a lot of sense, um, <laughs> but I get, yeah, they went with the guy with the, with the ton of basketball experience. I mean, 17 years uh, in basketball operations. And I mean, he had some good times with the Lakers and some bad. Uh, I, th yeah. I feel like in the end, he left a very sour, a sour taste in the mouth of many Laker fans. So, um, he did. yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to analyze. But yeah, I, we'll have to see if he can work some magic like he did um, with some of those Lakers teams. But yeah, I I just don't have a great gut feeling about it. Now, do you, is it more about Mitch Kupchak or the way this team is? Because the way this team is constructed it's it's not good it's right. you've got a lot of money committed a lot of places that probably shouldn't be committed and, and one of them is batum making tw more than 22 million from now until 2020 and especially he's making 27 million in 2020 so you still Ooh. got that contract uh, your best player is making 12 million and he's going to be off he's going to be a free agent in two years you still got dwight howard for another year maybe he's not that bad he's putting up good numbers 
But like, here's a story. Like Dwight Howard now is oh he's come full circle. Shumps, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah the, the the dynamic duo has returned. Yeah, uh, that is interesting. Charlotte and uh, I I doubt they like each other very much. Yeah, I mean there was that. I mean, I don't really know about their dynamic between them two. Uh, the only thing I know is there was that video that went around when Dwight Howard was on the Lakers where he basically, um, what did he throw his jersey at Mitch Kupchak? Or no, 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 no. It was, he threw his jersey just out somewhere and he saw Mitch Kupchak and they, and there was a video of him, Dwight Howard basically yelling something at Mitch, but Mitch just didn't even turn around to look at him. <laughs> and Dwight Howard just like basically went into the locker room. I think he had fouled out that game. That pretty much sums up his experience on the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, at that point, the Lakers were out of playoff picture with playing for nothing. Um, but yeah, this he's gonna he's inheriting a team with very little to do unless he moves the best player on this squad, which is Kemba Walker, because he's still got Cody Zeller making more than twelve million, Dwight Howard twenty three million, Nicholas Batum already mentioned that. So you got six players at least making more than twelve million for the next couple of years. Not <laughs> much to maneuver there. Reminds me a lot of the Pelicans. I guess, except you don't have two. You don't have one of the best players in the league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, this this is gonna be like a multi-year operation here. Like mm-hmm. th- they can't. I mean, I'm guessing they're smart about this, and they know that this is not gonna be like a one-year fixer. Like no. this is gonna require. I mean, you you can say that Batum could become the player that they want him to be um, next year if he makes a huge leap forward. Um, mm-hmm. But the way the roster is constructed right now, they're not even a playoff team in the East, not even close no. to the eighth seed. Yeah. And yeah, since you're locked up with all this money for the next year or two, in a lot of these guys' cases, sometimes three, you're going to have to figure out a way to get rid of these guys. Yeah, it's going to take some creativity for sure. Um, So I kind of broke up Mitch Kupchak's history here in three parts, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think we can start with the start ugly. With the ugly, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Mitch Kupchak signed Luol Deng to that $72 million contract that still haunts the Lakers right now. And, of course, the Mozgov contract, $64 million, which in a way kind of haunts them because they had to give up D'Angelo Russell to right. get their hands on Mozgov. Mm-hmm. But that did turn into Kyle Kuzma, so maybe that's been canceled out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, see. if they, if they uh, kept the pick that they had, then... Yeah, they wouldn't have Kuzma. Yeah, they wouldn't have Kuzma, and they'd still have D'Angelo Russell, and that would be an interesting dynamic. Yeah, there. would you rather have Kuzma than D'Angelo Russell? I would. I think I like the way this scenario played out. Actually, I like having Kuzma, and I like not having Mozgov's contract rather than not <laughs> having D'Angelo. Like, yeah, not having Mozgov was Moz- just awful. Yeah, his contract, having his contract still on the books, was just so much more worse than. I mean, not that it was bad to have D'Angelo Russell on the team, but it outweighs the bad taste from letting go of D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to factor in getting rid of Mozgov to the whole D'Angelo versus Kuzma thing, mm-hmm. that's just a that's a huge plus <laughs> to get yeah. rid of that guy. Right, and I mean, D'Angelo Russell's kind of been... I thought he was going to have such a huge season, but he's been having a rough, rough patch since he's come back from that surgery, which understandable we'll probably yeah. next year he'll probably hopefully have a better season but um yeah. there's the ugly part of mitch kupchik 17 years in basketball operations but l- let's go with the good here um i think the shining point of his career is getting pal gasol for kwame brown uh the rights to marcus Gasol, cash and he traded a couple yeah. picks and he got pal gasol which was the missing piece to get two more Two more NBA titles to the Lakers and tie up the Boston Celtics and also resulted in that great game seven, seven game series against the Boston Celtics in 2010. I mean, that I got to say, that's the that's the shining point of for <laughs> Mitch Kupchik. I don't know if you disagree or you agree here. Sean. Oh, no, completely agree. That was I couldn't believe when I heard that trade that <laughs> made no sense at all. I mean, in the long term, Memphis got Mark Gasol, who no right. one thought he was going to be as good as he ended up being. So, like, kudos to them for seeing that, at least. But when you looked at it at first, you're like, Kwame Brown? <laughs> like, someone yeah. traded for Kwame Brown. Yeah. <laughs> gave up their best player. It was absurd. I I was stunned. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And it, it, was, yeah it was the best movie ever made, for sure. 
Yeah, it really did look like highway robbery, but I mean, Mem without getting their hands on Marcus Saul and letting go of Paul Gasol, they wouldn't have been able to sign Zach Randolph and Tony Allen yeah. and drafted Rudy Gay and Mike Conley, which brought a bunch of years of glory to Memphis there. Right. I mean, no championships, but a Western Conference final appearance is good for a franchise that struggled to even make the playoffs for more than a decade. Yeah, they're like a forgotten franchise a lot of the time, too. They're, yeah. yeah, so it was great for them. But, yeah, I mean, no, a lot of great guys that he had signed over years. I mean, you got Gary mm -hmm. Payton uh, in the twilight of his career, right. to be fair. Carl uh, Malone, same thing. Um, mm -hmm. Meta World Peace, Ron Artest, he, he gave some really good minutes to yeah, the that Lakers. Was a, yeah, that was a key. I mean, now it seems kind of like laughable i guess but at the time ron artest was still a, a nasty defender in the league oh and yeah he totally. played a big part in that run to the finals and i mean it's arguable whether or not the lakers even win that that series against the celtics had it not been for ron artest yeah no he he was definitely a huge part of that and i mean i, I was a big fan of trevor Ariza when he was on that team i wish mm -hmm. that they had gotten to keep him yeah uh, he, he turned out to be a great player uh, yeah. never an all-star but still a good player right yeah, and you're talking also making a key. I mean, like some of these other guys are some of like the guys that aren't the big deals, but Mitch Kupchak made good moves to get guys like Jordan Farmer, uh, drafted Sasha, and also drafted Farmer. And these were like late picks, but they were crucial rotation players to those playoff teams and, and trading for Shannon Brown, who was also pretty important to the rotation during their run in the 2008 and 2009 playoffs. Yeah, and then and Dwight Howard. Was yeah, Dwight Howard. Like Can't forget about that trade. Yeah, yeah, it seemed, seemed like it. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like that was another. I mean, it's. It, I mean, I still gotta give him credit. You know, he bounces back from the Chris Paul trade, doesn't go through, and he ends up still putting something together to get Dwight Howard. Um, he got Steve Nash. At the time, was, it seemed like a home a run, one. <laughs> but it was bad. But he still did it though, nonetheless. And his draft record not too bad i mean he was still the guy who got randall clarkson larry nance ingram and d'angelo russell i think those are fantastic draft picks honestly yeah like look at the way julius randall's developed over the last few years mm -hmm. this guy's gonna be an animal next year i'm yeah. really excited to see julius randall i'm really hoping the lakers sign him to whatever deal that they need to um with his restricted free agent contract Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, they flipped that into um, Isaiah Thomas. And um, I don't know, we'll see if he sh sticks around next year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Ingram, he's he's going to be good. Yeah. And you got D'Angelo Russell, quality player as well there at the second pick. But um, how about the bad? I mean, this isn't quite ugly, but this is some bad that he's got on his track record here. Yeah. Obviously, obviously the Chris Paul trade, you can't fully put the blame on him but uh, David Stern claims a while back ago and so he, he jumped on some podcasts and obviously he was asked about this and he says that Mitch he gave Mitch Kupchak another opportunity after he had turned it down he gave them another opportunity to come up with something better right but Mitch Kupchak pretty much came up they just didn't respond not that he didn't come up with anything but he just kind of forgot about it and I mean to his defense it seemed like the deal was broken and it's hard to re-engage people again yeah <laughs> didn't did call back man yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid yeah but he lost that one and of course as a result of that he ended up trading lamar odom who was still a quality player and he essentially gave him away to the dallas mavericks yeah and the lakers were really never the same after that even even sure. though they still pulled off that Dwight Howard trade later <laughs> on. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And in uh, Shaq's departure, I mean, that wasn't like all on him, I would say. No. Um, like him and Kobe just were never two peas in a pod. Right. I guess. It, but it does say something on your track record when it says you, you traded away probably one of the top 10 centers of all time, if not top five. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that usually <laughs> doesn't go well for you. Yeah. But, hey, I mean, the the Hornets have a very um, accomplished GM now, and we'll see if he can turn things around for them. Yeah, I, sh I sure hope so, because this is a franchise that has just not been able to do anything well with themselves the past few years. And it seems like they've had good draft picks and quality players sign onto their roster. But yeah. 
But hey, let's move on to some more exciting news here. I'm really <laughs> excited about this. Gordon Hayward's starting some light jogging using an Ultra G treadmill, that zero gravity treadmill. Nice. Um, just putting some weight on that finally. And it's it's got people all of a sudden talking about, oh, is he going to make it back for the playoffs? He's not I coming don't back. Think so. Yeah, I don't think he is. And if he does, the only way I'll allow him to come back is if it's like the – the Celtics are like last game, like they're down big, like they're about <laughs> to be eliminated from the playoffs. Bring in Gordon Hayward for a minute and just let him, like the last minute of the game, and just let him get the standing ovation, maybe put up a shot or two, you know? Like just, I, th- I think it will be very poetic. Yeah, yeah, it would be a nice scene for sure. I guess I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I think these these videos are a little bit, they're just teased. Well, no, I'm just saying for like, just put them on for like a one minute, you know? Yeah, just I guess one if minute. it's hypothetical. Yeah, and like after, it's, it'll be like a month. Like they'll probably make it through the first round just fine. And maybe mm-hmm. they have struggles in the second round and they get eliminated in the second round. I feel like Gordon Hayward could play one minute of NBA basketball, especially if it's at the end when like no one's trying hard and they're losing. You know? Yeah, that's true. You could do it. I wonder if it would be like insult to injury for the other team. No, it would no. It would be like if the Celtics were gonna lose. Oh, if the Celtics were gonna yeah, lose. Yeah, yeah. I It'd guess. Like, yeah, like a like a I don't know, like a ride off into the sunset type <laughs> of thing. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, it, it would be cool. But, I, I would um, I would want to see that. That would make me feel good. Yeah. Don't you? Can, yeah. Can't you feel like the warm fuzzies from that? It seemed like <laughs> wow, he like made it back from the terrific w- experience. It would be a fuzzy scene for sure, but I feel like I would rather just see Gordon Hayward come back and come back as a good player, ready to score 20 oh, points. He, he will. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like he should, he's not going to come back this year, but like that can be like his one thing he does this year, just, just to give the fans what they want to see. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, there's a lot of Celtic fans out there that probably bought season tickets with the idea knowing <laughs> that they were going to see Hayward and Irving yeah. kick ass, and right. unfortunately they did. They got none of that. Yeah, I mean, they, they still have a great team, though, so they can't be too disappointed. Right. But um, let's go. Let's head out to the Western Conference where it was what I call Super Sunday this past <laughs> weekend. Essentially, big games for all the teams that are currently fighting for seeding. The first one, of course, what a slap to the, what a slap to my face. <laughs> I thought the Spurs were going to be the one looking outside in um, in terms of the playoff picture, but they pulled off a win that. I think a lot of people didn't see this coming. They come out and they beat the Rockets. It not only beating close. them. Yep. Not close at all. Holding them to their fewest point total since 2016. <laughs> Impressive oh, win for a team that... I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge ended up playing for this and playing for this team, playing this game when I thought he was going to be out. And Rudy Gay uh, is looking like a solid NBA player again. Yeah, we didn't think much of that uh, free agent acquisition at the beginning of the season. No, like, I oh, thought man, the Spurs missed out. All they got was Rudy Gay, but yeah, it turns out they all they needed was a a little sprinkling of uh, Dejounte Murray and Kyle <laughs> Anderson, and they didn't need to pick anybody up. Yeah, there's something about that Spurs jersey that guys that I thought were just done. Pau Gasol, um, Rudy Gay. I even, I, ne- I never was too hyped up on Lamarcus Aldridge when he signed with the Spurs. I was like, okay, he's he's a little bit on the older end. He's not the Marcus Aldridge of Portland, but man, he's still putting up numbers and Rudy Gay has refound his career. Yeah. It's freaking Greg Popovich, man. I, I was telling you, like, mm. I don't know if I'd be so confident because Greg Popovich always finds a way. Yeah. So he found a way. So I pulled this graph from, um, 5038 who, uh, if you all know, they're basically a, a team of statisticians that break down everything about the NBA and all things across the board. But there's this graph that they that they update after the end of every game. So right now the Spurs have a greater than 99 percent chance of making the playoffs, and that Does that, go that to number if they beat the Clippers tonight. I guess <laughs> I guess it goes. Well, I mean, yeah, if they clinch it, you could possibly go to 100. The only team standing at 100 is the Rockets, or at least in the West, are the Rockets, Warriors, and Trailblazers. But the Spurs jumping at a percentage of greater than 99. Surprisingly, considering that last week they were. What were they said? They were the seventh seed with with a fifty yeah. percent chance of making no, the playoffs. No, they were they were even the tenth seed at one point. Yeah, 
So Super Sunday and the course of those games before that have done a lot for this team. And also the Jazz, the Utah Jazz beating the Timberwolves also on, on Sunday to bump themselves up to the sixth seed now in the West. Although I'm not so sure if that's where they want to be because I actually think they would be better served as a seventh seed and go up against a shorthanded Warriors oh, team. Oh, man. You really <laughs> want to see that matchup. I, that, yeah, you don't, I don't think you think that that's a good matchup for them. I think you just want to see it happen. I think the Utah Jazz can be the team that upsets the Warriors. I, I just I disagree completely. Rudy Gobert, Donovan no Mitchell, Ricky experience. Rubio. Ricky I don't really Rubio, know if that really Donovan matters. Mitchell, it totally matters. We're going I'm not up so against, sure about that. We're going up against Kevin Durant in the playoffs. There's a lot of guys out there. I mean, this is the this is one of the top defensive teams in the league, and we're not looking at the Warriors, the championship Warriors. We're looking at a short-handed Warrior team. Short-handed, it's, but still, the Warriors. True. Like this is, I as good as Donovan Mitchell is, he's a rookie. Yeah. And your rookie's your best player. I don't think you're gonna do that well in the playoffs. I think there's a shot there. You still I mean, it's not all Donovan Mitchell. You still got rookie Rubio. Jay Crowder's not playing very he's not playing bad. He's not uh, bad, Royce yeah. O'Neal's not bad either. Rudy Gobert's great. <laughs> he's not <laughs> bad. He's not that bad. I mean, you got Dante Exum back too. He's not bad either. He's bad. He's you got Joe he's Ingles. Had, he has one good game, and you're not gonna. Smooth Joe, man. Smooth Joe. <laughs> that slow-mo guy. Joe. Yeah, they slow-mo, call him slow-mo Joe. Slow-mo Joe, man. <laughs> you're, you're talking about slow-mo Joe going up against the Warriors, man. I think he's got uh, something there. Um, but anyways, the Clippers, how about we talk about the Clippers really oh, spoiling the to. little opportunity they had <laughs> losing to the Pacers. This, this game was in our hands, too. We were up by 16 in the second quarter. And by the end of the second quarter, we had given up almost the entire lead. Yeah. It was a one-point lead going into halftime. And then the third quarter was still even. And then the fourth, we just blew it. And it was, it was, it was so sad. I, yeah, so the, I thought we'd fight with more heart being in the position that we're in right now. Yeah, that's a bad loss. I mean, the Clippers, from that loss, their chances to make the playoffs have now dropped to a very, not a very, but an unlikely 16%. Um, and then, I if mean, If they lose okay. tonight, then it's like, pr- they're over. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, well, they still would have, statistically, they'd still be in it. But in my mind, they'd pretty much be out. Very unlikely. And I mean, to add insult to injury, so the Trailblazers beat the Grizzlies. No no surprise there. They clinch a playoff spot, whatever. But moving on, the, the Clippers are doing bad also because the Nuggets pulled off this overtime win against Man. the Milwaukee Bucks. Saved by Jamal Murray and a Joe Kick flop that ignited this team's <laughs> comeback. <laughs> I like, they yeah, were down. Was, yeah, flop for sure. They were down by 16 points in the fourth quarter, uh, and the Joe Kick flop just ignited a huge run for the Nuggets. And to come Giannis back. being out of the game. Oh, that yeah, was Giannis huge fouled part. out. Yeah. As a result of the flop. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> That's so, so dumb. Yeah, so the Joe the, Kick yeah, the flop. Nuggets are, yeah, all of a sudden back in it. Yeah. Big win for them to get themselves in, ninth, in the ninth seed with a 41% chance of making the playoffs. So they're not there yet. But they haven't counted themselves out in the way that the Clippers are doing so by losing these games. And they still got a couple key matchups uh, left to go. They got one game. They got one game against the Pelicans and I believe another one against Utah left. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right on that. And yeah, so right now it's uh, the Spurs are up by four against them. Uh, that game will probably end by the time this podcast is over. So we'll have that update um, just for our own sake. Yeah, so the Spurs um, are up yeah. by four against the Clippers. Yeah, there's like five minutes left in that game. Okay, that's a big win. But, yeah, let's see nonetheless how that ends up. But, I mean, the Spurs winning two games in a row, not only against the Houston Rockets, but also against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Big games there. 40-year-old Mono Ginobili is trying to <laughs> not miss the playoffs for what would be the first time ever in his entire career. Yeah, looking like he's going to keep that streak going, though. Uh, where last week it was looking bleak. This week it's looking like all but assured. But yeah, mm-hmm. just one week can change so much at this point. And yeah, I mean, all because LaMarcus Aldridge didn't even miss any time. We were talking about like, oh, what if he misses time because he had that 
some something with his knee. I don't remember yeah. exactly what that injury was, but apparently nothing really. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so it comes at a moment where the San Antonio Spurs are down a star and a star looks like they're injured and he comes back and suits up because he knows that the playoff chances are hanging by a thread here. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge puts up some points, puts up a performance. But Kawhi Leonard, um, he's cleared by Spur doctors, but (laughs) it seems like there's no chance he's coming back. He leaves the team again. He's off to New York uh, to meet with doctors again. He's working out by himself um, and reportedly leaves the team after increasing tensions with teammates. I mean, I'm not surprised here. I would imagine there's got to be some people that um, have a sense of urgency and want some want Kawhi Leonard to show some urgency as well to get back on the playing on the playing court, especially considering how every game it means a lot to this team. But I guess if Kawhi Leonard's not healthy, then and he doesn't feel confident to get to be on the court, then you can't really force him to do that to do so. Yeah, but I mean. I just, I just still wonder how much of this is just media blowing it up. Yeah. Like who, who said that he did? He say there was increasing tension with his teammates. Was that like right straight from his mouth? Um, it's a, it's anonymous sources. People yeah, have anonymous. Pers- sources. It was, it was Walsh. It that, was Walsh. It was in okay. Walsh's um ESPN article. Yeah, according to sources. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, who are these people that he keeps going to see in New York? Like, who, <laughs> who is he gonna be a Nick next year? Is that, is that what we're looking <laughs> at? I don't know. Is he hanging out? Is he just hanging out with Porzingis? And Porzingis is like, yeah, man, you don't need to play. You just hang out with me. We're gonna start preparing for next season. Yeah, they have a top three pick. Nick, they might have a top three, maybe not top three, but and they'll have a nah, top ten it'll, pick. It'll be a top ten pick. Yeah. So I mean, I guess Kawhi Leonard. I don't know if this is true or not. So we don't have to spend that much time talking about it. But if Kawhi Leonard were to go to the New York Knicks with Kristaps Porzingis and a top ten pick, you got Ennis Cantor still there. Frick Nicolatina. Are we the only that, ones that's that think that's not that bad of a team? <laughs> Are we the only in ones the that think Conference? that this is a conspiracy to get him to the New York Knicks? <laughs> I don't know. I I haven't heard anybody else talk about it. Um, right? It wouldn't really be that bad of a team, honestly, if that's where he wanted oh, to be. Oh, it'd be an amazing team. You yeah, me? in the Eastern yeah. Conference. Yeah, you. Got, I mean, you still got Tim Hardaway Jr. on that juicy contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Ennis Cantor and Przingis. Like, that's a starting lineup right there, man. Yeah, that's a pretty. Trey Burke, that's not a Trey Burke coming into his own. Mm-hmm. Trey Burke, he still got the young guns. Emmanuel Mude, Mude's on there. Yeah, um, Nilakina, Nilakina, and then you got obviously a top ten lottery yeah. pick coming in too. Not a bad team. There you I go. don't think that's happening, but you heard it here first. Kawhi yeah. of the Knicks, <laughs> it's happening right before <laughs> our very eyes, and no one's even seeing it. Yeah, what about the New Orleans Pelicans who? Just seemed like the hottest team in the NBA and have they now were. dropped four in a row in the eighth seed. Man, are, is this the team that's not going to make the playoffs? I really don't think they are. I mean, you have the Nuggets surging ahead on their three-game winning streak. Pelicans lost four in a row. They're now only half a game ahead of the Nuggets. And, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I can... I can see the Nuggets just totally taking them over at this point. All the momentum's on their side. And I, I don't know if the Pelicans rode this wave as long as they could. Anthony Davis can only do so much by himself. Yeah. Etuan Moore's not exactly going to be a <laughs> doing much to, to close out these games that they desperately need to win. And they're all against good opponents at this point. Everyone's really playing for something right now. Yeah, so um, this is what so the... This is what the Pelicans have left. They have Memphis tomorrow. They uh, have the okay. Suns after that. Really? So they got two wins there, possibly. possibly. After that, they got the Warriors, Clippers, and Spurs. Okay. So they're they're closing out the season against some really good teams. Yeah. And the Clippers and, yeah. could be Clippers hungry there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Clippers will totally. fight. Even if we are eliminated at that point, we have no reason to not win. You yeah. Know? It's our last game of the season. Or it will be our second to last game of the season, I guess. We gotta make that one count. Mm-hmm. Um, so there has to be yeah. some sense of urgency in that Pelicans locker room to beat the Grizzlies, beat the Suns, to get geared up against a Warriors team, <laughs> a Clippers team, and what will be a very very hungry Spurs team. Because if you survive up to that point, you're still in the playoff pictures. That game will decide playoff seating, I imagine, between the Spurs and the Pelicans. 
Oh, completely. And yeah, they have to win at least one of those games against the teams vying for a playoff spot. Because if you mm-hmm. go two and three in those last five games, that is not going to be enough to make the playoffs at this rate. Right. So currently right now they have a 63% chance of making the playoffs. Nuggets at 41, Clippers at 16, and the Timberwolves at 90%. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Yeah, the Timberwolves. 90%? They have the same record as the Pelicans, don't they? It could just it could also be down to um to record. I mean to and one more win. Yeah, and um yeah. the games that they still have yet to play. See who the so the Timberwolves. Yeah, who, yeah, the Timberwolves they they have uh Denver and then they have the Lakers, Memphis, and Denver again. Hmm. The the two so, Denver games are the big ones. Yeah. But like the Lakers and the Memphis one, they should win. Yeah, so I guess if you look at it, so Timberwolves have four games, but really all four of those are against teams that are not in the playoffs, but you can't believe that because you do have the Nuggets twice, so they might as well be a team of playoff difficulty. So actually I can see it now because the Pelicans do have a tougher schedule when you consider they're playing um, the Three Warriors. Playoff teams. And, like, yeah. yeah, or playoff potential teams. The Clippers aren't necessarily a playoff team. Right. So, I mean, it could very well be that the Pelicans maybe finish seventh and the Nuggets finish eighth here if the Nuggets win both those games. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And you know what? Yeah, man, I would feel so bad for the Timberwolves, though, because they still, <laughs> Yeah, that would like, be awful. We, we were talking, like, because before when Jimmy Butler was, like, there and they were, like, the fourth seed or, like, the third seed for, like, and they're very solid in that position. We're like, oh, man, this is going to be the first time the Timberwolves make the playoffs since Kevin Garnett. Like, how cool is yeah. that? And I mean, they're doing great. But then you look at it, you're just like, oh, man, what if they miss it? Like, that it's, would be horrible. It's very, <laughs> I think it's very likely. Man, that would be so devastating for them. I'd feel so bad. They kind of, they did it to themselves a little bit. Well, but you can't, you can't help Jimmy Butler getting hurt. That's just yeah. that's yeah not uh, that's not in your control at all. But but I mean, look at what the Pelicans have been able to do. They lost Demarcus yeah. Cousins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You'd feel for any of these teams, really. All these teams deserve to make the playoffs. In the yeah, in their everybody's own right. Lost. Yeah, yeah. Except for the Nuggets. The Nuggets. Uh, they lost Paul Millsap for a while, but was that really that big of a deal? Well, here's the thing: the Nuggets played it as in a way that it didn't seem like such a big deal oh, because they yeah. pay, that's what i'm saying <laughs> the timberwolves have yet to have done they just they haven't yet to have guys step up and fill in the holes that were left by jimmy butler and you can't point at that because other teams have done the same the utah jazz lost rudy gobert nuggets yep. lost paul Millsap. the spurs have not been with, with <laughs> yeah, have been without their mvp i mean even the rockets yeah. Went through a good stretch without Chris Paul and yeah, James Harden. Yeah, without Harden sometimes. And Golden State's without Curry. Yeah, so, I mean, every every team has dealt with their own stuff. I mean, everybody just fills in the holes and tries to keep them keep the train going. And the Timberwolves have really struggled to do that without Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and they just got to hold the door, man. They're, they're in the playoff spot now. Yeah. They just, they just got to hold it. Yeah, but here's something else. So moving on to the Eastern Conference. Interesting. The Toronto Raptors, another opportunity to prove themselves that they <laughs> are not only just a, a good regular season team, but they're a team that could make the NBA Finals as they take on the Cavs, but come up short yet again, losing 106 to 112 against the King. Put up 27 points, 6 assists, and 10 rebounds. The yeah. Cavs, though. Big win for them. Kevin Love's back. He looked strong tonight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their their team is starting to finally get healthier uh, yeah. when it counts. So, I mean, I don't think we ever counted the Cavs out of making it out of the East. I don't think that was no. ever in question. Um, but these are definitely very hopeful signs that there's they still have the same mojo that LeBron's been cooking up for the last 13 years. Yeah. And they continue. They got to keep winning to hold on to that third seed because the 76ers right behind them with 11 games in a row having won. And the games that they have left are the Pistons, the Cavs, the Mavs, the Hawks, and the Bucks. 
So fairly easy schedule there outside of just the Cavs. Um, and they continue their winning despite losing MB to two weeks for that orbital fracture. That yeah, seems kind of like head. a <laughs> yeah, like a really freak injury for a guy who's now played sixty, who played sixty three games so far this year. That was pretty a huge good. improvement from his well, twenty five last year or something. <laughs> yeah, not not even half, or else he would have mm-hmm. been rookie of the year. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's a freak thing, and it has nothing to do with any like. Uh, weaknesses with himself with what mm-hmm. what it was in years past like Marco Fultz just hit him in the head <laughs> yeah bad loss but um, he's he's out for two to four weeks but it seems that the 76ers are hopeful he'll be back on the more optimistic side of two weeks so that'll put him on the timeline to barely make it on time for the NBA playoffs that are mm. set to start on April 16th so yeah, they they're gonna need him if they want any chance of winning a, a playoff series. Mm-hmm. That's like ben for Simmons sure. is good, but the, you need both of them out there. Yeah, yeah, and I mean at this at this point with that fourth seed, they're gonna end up playing uh who are they the Miami Heat. Which yeah, that that could change for sure though. Like mm-hmm. the seeding in the East is is not is still like pretty wide open as far as three to five goes and six to eight goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, those teams are all still well close within each other, and honestly, they yeah, if they are able to, to pass the Cavaliers and get that third seed, they're on this huge winning streak right now. Um, yeah, they could play a weaker team um, instead of what would likely be the Pacers at this point, and that that would be a tough matchup for them. Yeah, the Pacers, you got a lot of big boys, Miles Turner in there, Odalipo. Odalipo, man. It's, it's a bonus. It's going to be fun to watch Odalipo running the show for his own team. Yeah, I'm excited to see this playoffs. And the Milwaukee Bucks are there in the eighth seed. So I said that was a big loss for them against the the Nuggets. Yeah, they've they've all but assured their playoff spot. Um, if Detroit, Detroit has to win the rest of their games to even have a chance. But if Milwaukee wins one more game, then they're in. So yeah. it's not looking good for Detroit. <laughs> I don't know why they're <laughs> winning these games. <laughs> Just pride, I guess. Yeah, but pride I, for sure. There's no chance. I don't think the Bucks lose every single game moving forward. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because how has Blake Griffin been injured too? Right. He, <laughs> he has. We haven't even mentioned him. And they're on winning streak without, without Blake Griffin. It's so ridiculous to think about how hype that they were to have him and now that they're finally don't have him on the floor then they're now they're playing well yeah they're max superstar guy and makes well, me feel better every day about that trade <laughs> <laughs> i know i can't believe how upset you were about it i really didn't I was, think it was yeah. that bad i uh, I'm, I'm eating my own words here man like that trade really helped us out somehow yeah I mean, it's hard to say like Maybe we'd have won more games with him than with Tobias Harris. I don't know. But I, I, it set us up I for will, the future better. I will say, I don't think you win more than five games. I don't think the difference is more than five games with Blake Griffin. Or five actually, games I, I, a lot. I, I think it's actually <laughs> less than that. Yeah, I take that. I don't think it's more than three games, which at yeah. this point does at mean a lot. It would mean a lot. <laughs> it would. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not so much yeah. in terms and, of and like we haven't ha- like we were banking on having Avery Bradley to help out too but he went and hurt himself for the rest of the season so right you just can't catch a break yeah but another good news on the Eastern Conference side John Wall is back um he's back yeah wow I I, I didn't think he was ever gonna come back I just he kind of just like faded away a little bit yeah but he's back to save his seven seed Washington Wizards the team that I guess everybody really thought was going to finish within the top three. I did. I thought they'd probably be the third seed team. Um, yeah. We, we we didn't expect the Raptors to be as good as they were this year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't think we saw the Celtics being this good, um, especially with all the things that happened to them. So it seemed very reasonable for the Wizards to get the third seed. But this it goes to show. This is why they play the game. This is why we watch it. This is why we play 82 games. Yeah, it's all part of the fun. Yeah, so let's see if John Wall can carry those Wizards back up to potentially the sixth seed with the last couple games remaining. But how about this? Dwayne Wade turning 36 this week. Um, Turning 36 and still playing in the NBA where the current average age is 26. So 
He's an entire decade older than the average age of the NBA. But yay, man. old man Dwayne Wade's got his Miami Heat holding on to the sixth seed with 12 points, averaging 12 points, 3.8 assists, and four. Or, yeah, averaging He's not 12 averaging points, four blocks, but he had no, no, four no. blocks against the Cavs. Yeah, that kind of <laughs> threw me off. Yeah, so he is averaging 12 points, 3.8 assists, and including a monster performance of four blocks against the Cavs, including one against his old friend. LeBron James. Oh, that was a that was a nice block too. Yeah, just right from I the si- just side swiping him. Yeah, can you yeah, imagine I if Dwayne Wade was averaging four blocks a game though? <laughs> <laughs> that would be unreal. That I don't. I think awesome. that would be un. It would be unreal just just in general, like regardless of. Oh yeah, the Has fact that, that he's happened? a guard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some like old school guy, but uh, how about some of the best performances of the week? This was a cool one to see. Jabari Parker. Yeah, Jabari going 14 for 23 from the field, 5 for 8 from 3. Uh, to get all together, 35 points to go along with 10 rebounds and only one turnover. Um, and still a loss to that the Nuggets in that game with Giannis fouled out in. But he stepped up in a big way. Mm-hmm. And this is I think it's just a flash in the pan of like what he's actually capable of in this league. Yeah. Just give him the opportunity, and I think he's really going to shine. And just keep him healthy for a full season. He's going to do some exciting stuff. Yeah, I think this team needs to do whatever it takes to get that 7 seed because I think they're in prime position to upset the Celtics potentially, especially if Jabari Parker can put numbers. Not exactly 35. 35 points would be nice, but if he can at least get, like, if he can, get, if he can become a 25-point guy with one turnover Ooh, a game and 10 rebounds, be. oh, Great. That's, this is great for the team. <laughs> that would be crazy. I also kind of noticed, you think Jabari Parker's a little chunky? What was that? I feel like, do you th- does Jabari Parker look a little chunky to you? <laughs> yeah, he, he's a big guy. I mean, I think he's gotten a lot bigger. Like I feel like he's working when out. I when I envisioned no, but like not like in the working out way. Like he like he could probably stand to lose like twenty pounds. <laughs> I guess it's possible. I mean, like the he just—he looks just wide. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He—he <laughs> he is a—he's a big guy. He's a little big guy. Um, I mean, I—I I don't know. Doesn't seem to have stopped like him from scoring thirty-five when points. When he was in Duke, he didn't seem like this. I—I I, I feel like all these injuries made him gain a few pounds. Like <laughs> he wasn't—he wasn't exactly doing as many workouts as he should have. Possibly, I guess that's possible. I'm not gonna agree <laughs> with that. Uh, I don't but know. You, can, you can judge for yourself. Watch him play. Just be like, just let me know if what you think is your body <laughs> chunky or not. All right, all right. I'll watch another game and and I'll <laughs> I'll be sure to keep that in in the back of my mind to <laughs> analyze. <right>, good. <laughs> but what about uh Ricky Rubio, man? This guy here has um I think he's received a lot of criticism over the years, but he's put together something special for the Utah Jazz, this, especially yeah. this second half. Um, and going 10 for 16 from the field, 31 points, six assists, eight rebounds in that win against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Ricky Rubio just night in and night out. He's been critical for this Utah Jazz. He's not the the flashy scorer, and he doesn't close out the games for the Jazz. But in that middle portion between in the second and the third quarter, he keeps this team in the game. Yeah, I didn't. I just had no idea he could become this good of a shooter from the field. He never came off to me as the guy that could just get 30 point games on a pretty consistent basis. Honestly, like this yeah. is way more consistent scoring than I ever would have expected from him. Yeah, it definitely wasn't there before he's developed um, this. He's developed a nice floater and this nice bank shot that he goes to in the middle of the field, in the middle of the court. Um, and he's got an interest, a good dynamic in the pick and roll with Derek favors and Joe Ingles and, and Rudy Gobert, of course, um, they got something special going on in Utah in terms of team dynamics. Yeah, and just to think this this team that lost arguably their two best players last year now in pretty much, honestly, an even better position seating-wise potentially than they were last year. Yeah, um, that is funny. Just, yeah, I w- the rookie. <laughs> I was thinking that they're sitting at the sixth seed, and last year they were the fifth seed, right? Yeah. They, they were could, the fifth They seed. can honestly move up to the fourth seed like the way that they're playing. That would be funny. They actually end up coming out with a better playoff seating than yeah. they did last year with Gordon Hayward. <laughs> how much? How much? I mean, 
I think it's either going to be Dwayne Casey or Brad Stevens that wins Coach of the Year this year. But does Quinn Snyder at least get like a mention? I think he has to. Because this is I, pretty like I think of all these all the teams like all these the for like Dwayne Casey for the Raptors, Brad Stevens for the Celtics, the Jazz easily had the worst outlook on the season at the start. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm trying to think of a team that's in playoff right now who had a worse outlook than this. Maybe the Pacers. Uh, maybe the Pacers. But right. You give I I mean you give a lot of credit to just Odalipo there. I mean. Nate yeah. McMillan's still a good coach, but I, man, Quinn—the whatever Quinn Snyder's doing is super impressive. Yeah, I mean, even I guess the Pacers—it became pretty clear what Victor Oladipo was by the time the season got to December. Right. The Utah Jazz in December were they sitting were looking like they weren't going to make it playoffs at all. No, no, they were not looking good. Rudy Gobert was not playing. Derek Favors was not playing. Donovan Mitchell was showing flashes but despite that there was no way you would have bet that this team would have been sitting at a six seed by now no yeah and then yeah 2018 man just turned it all yeah. around very impressive yeah. stuff but speaking of very impressive i mean we we bring up this guy a lot on this podcast mm-hmm. ben simmons uh, another great performance earlier this week with a uh, 10 for 17 shooting 20 points eight rebounds 15 assists Three steals, two blocks, and only one turnover mm-hmm. against the Hornets. Wow. Well, that's man a stat of, line. Yeah, the night of very little turnovers here. I mean, this is crazy. This is a dude that's not even a, a your stereotypical point guard either, but he goes out there, puts the ball where it needs to be, and doesn't turn it over. And you forget this guy's first year in the league and becomes the second rookie ever to have 1,200 points 600 rebounds and 600 assists in rookie season. Um, the very first person, of course, is someone that he's often compared to and records he's often matching or breaking, which is Oscar Robertson. Right. Yeah. Kind of a good company to be in when you're sharing right. sharing a, a platform with this man. Um, yeah. Man, this, this guy's he's so ridiculously good. So smooth with like mm-hmm. everything he does. It's like it's like he's been playing in the league for 10 years. Yeah. And he's been playing in the league for one season. I agree. And he had an entire year not playing basketball at all with the injury, but he's able to just come in and dominate like everyone, like like the first round or like the number one draft pick he was drafted to be, like right. instantly. And it's interesting that I actually just thought of this right now, thinking about talking about Ben Simmons in the March Madness tournament that just ended like Ben Simmons wasn't even in that tournament right and, look, yeah. and this guy's just like dominating the league like nobody else and it just goes to show you I remember just the criticisms he would get for not having you're obviously not getting LSU into that tournament the year he was there mm-hmm. and now it just seems so ludicrous or just <laughs> ludicrous just like a absolute lunacy take to think that Ben Simmons loses stock or isn't the player you think he is because he didn't get that team to that yeah, March Yeah, just because the rest tournament. of his team can't help him out enough. Yeah, and I mean, it's pretty obvious he just didn't care about the tournament. And yeah. because he didn't care, didn't make really mean anything or at all to whether or not he was going to end up becoming an NBA, a good NBA player. Right, yeah. The, making the tournament, uh, that, has no, that should have no effect on your NBA stock. I mean, Markel Fultz also didn't make the tournament, mm-hmm. and he was drafted number one, too. Uh, just a quick aside, I, I remembered seeing this thing where this, this uh, I forget the name of this guy, is like one of the top high school prospects that was committed to Syracuse, but he's going to go straight to the G League instead of going to college. Interesting. So a big slap in the face for Syracuse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that sucks for them. But, yeah, I think he's the first guy to ever do that, to go straight from high school to the G League. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're going to start, I think we're going to start seeing that happen a lot more in these guys. Like they don't need to prove themselves at the college level to become amazing draft prospects in the NBA just a year out w- away from high school. Right. I agree. And I mean, to be clear, I, I think that speaks true, but I think it speaks true to, to guys like that, you know, are just going to be the top 15 picks in the NBA draft. And these guys know mm-hmm. who they are. People know who they are. It just seems just seems like a waste of time. Yeah, it's just a to formality. Have to force them. <laughs> yeah, the March Madness tournament is exciting. I definitely had a lot of fun watching it, but at the end of the day, I 
I think Ben Simmons was going to be a, doing what he's – I mean, I didn't think he was going to be doing exactly what he's doing, but I knew he was going to be a good player even if LSU was eliminated in the first round or just did not make the tournament at all. Right, yeah. I mean, you look at DeAndre Ayton, uh, the, the center for Arizona that's supposed to be the mm-hmm. number one draft pick next year. Everyone's saying he's going to be like – this amazing prospect, number one consensus overall, lost to a 13 seed in the first round of the tournament. Yeah, no one's gonna think about that next right. year. No one, yeah, no one's gonna remember December. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, the tournament doesn't it doesn't really mean anything. It's it's all just for fun. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Uh, so what about Dante Exum, uh, an NBA prospect from Australia? The same home country as Ben Simmons. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen anything from this guy. He's had a couple bad years that he's lost to injuries, but he's come out firing for the Utah Jazz now in his return, going for 21 points, 8 for 10 shooting, 3 for 4 from 3 against the Memphis Grizzlies. Of course, he'd do it against the Pretty Memphis good. Grizzlies, which is essentially <laughs> almost a G League team when Marcus Saul is, or Tyreek Evans are not playing. But right. um, still, good sign to get this guy in rhythm for for playoff time once it comes for the Utah Jazz. Do you, do you think this guy is actually going to get significant minutes in the playoffs, though? I don't know. Probably not. I don't not. think he will. He had this one but good game. It was against the Grizzlies. I don't think when push comes to shove, they're fighting for their season. He's going to get very many minutes at all. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think he's he'll get 15 minutes, but... I mean, anything's possible, man. Like, Donovan Mitchell picks up four fouls. Um, you got foul trouble here. Somebody fouls out or somebody needs to take a game off. And all of a sudden, Dante Exum needs to play 10 minutes. And in the playoff, <laughs> in the playoffs, when the games are close, every minute counts. Yeah, that's true. I just, I don't know. It's, it's one good game. Like, we have guys on here, Jabari Parker, Ben Simmons. Like, guys, and I'm like... They had a great game, but they can definitely do it again. I don't feel that way about Dante Exum. I got I got one name for you. Matthew Della Denova. Oh, do the, do the Cavaliers so push <laughs> that series to six games if it's not for Matthew Della Denova? <laughs> probably not. That's a guy you probably didn't think was going to get 30 minutes a game in the NBA Finals, and he ended up getting those minutes, and the Cavs <laughs> pushed that Warrior team to oh, six games. Matthew Della Denova. The deli man. Yeah. <laughs> you just well, had to bring him up. I mean, it goes to show you, man, sometimes these rotation players matter if you want to stay alive. Yeah. I mean, they didn't win the championship. I don't championship, think Dante Exum's the gym rat that Della Dova is, though. <laughs> we'll see. Anyways, how about some worst performers here? Jason Terry, the man that, that's been playing for, what, three decades now in the NBA? Close <laughs> At least three decades. <laughs> yeah, three decades. <laughs> 18 minutes, 0 for 3 from the field, and 5 fouls in that overtime loss to the Denver oh, Nuggets. Man. So, yeah, I actually <laughs> forgot about that, and I was going to bring this up. I have no idea why Jason Terry was in that game during that crucial moment against was, the Nuggets. I, I mean, Jones fouled out. I guess he was the best next available on the bench. That was so odd, and there was a couple plays there where you could have where you could have pointed and you would have been like, yeah, if Jace, Jason Terry should not have been in there. That play went the other way because of jason terry yeah he's just he's there to just be a locker room guy i felt i don't i didn't think he'd ever get significant minutes in a game this season he's what yeah. is he 39 40 now he's like, gotta be 40 39 forever. yeah, yeah three like, decades <laughs> yeah 18 minutes he's, he seems like he was in there just foul guys <laughs> yeah five fouls yeah oh for three yeah, but, he was uh, gonna foul to foul out himself. He was replacing the guy that fouled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about uh Wayne Ellington? Twenty two minutes, zero for three, one rebound, one turnover, and three fouls. And that same overtime loss, and an overtime loss against him. That's not the same one as the previous game, different game, but a whole lot of nothing, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big one. I mean, the heat, the Heat are not. They're trying to fight for seeding right now. Um, they okay. won't catch the Pacers, but they definitely want to keep their sixth seed instead of having seven or eight, but having an overtime loss to the Nets. Yeah, it's, with the stat on like that, you'd think he was just out there running around in circles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he might have been. I'm going to have to watch the replay on that one. Yeah, so the Phoenix Suns tanking and tanking hard. 15-game losing streak to uh, solidify Oof. their best odds yeah. in the NBA draft nice lottery. Them. They did it. 
They, yeah. they must. Well, actually, they beat the Kings tonight, so they're leaving it open for the Grizzlies to pass them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, oh, hey, breaking news. The Clippers beat the Spurs. Okay. That wow, is amazing. So they keep their playoff hopes alive. Big win for them. So That's a huge win. Absolutely I don't know huge. It. Let's see what the new playoffs percentage are looking like. Okay. They, they already updated. 538 already updated. It looks like it. It doesn't, hasn't really changed much in the Clippers' favor. So they went up to 24% versus the 16%. Okay. Hey, I'll take it. We're at. We needed that to at least stay alive. So there's hope. Now yeah. they just got a they got a couple more tough games ahead of them, so they got to mm-hmm. stay in there. Right. And with the Spurs loss, Utah moves up to the 4 seed. Speak of the devil, we were we just we were just <laughs> talking about so the Utah Jazz are officially at this point in a better playoff position than they were last year with Gordon Hayward. That is crazy, man. <laughs> Good for them. That's man, what a what a story. Yeah. So Anyways, um, what about this one? Steph Curry says that the 76ers have the worst popcorn in the league and the Miami Heat have the best. <laughs> I don't know if I buy that, man. Popcorn no? is just popcorn. <laughs> I've never tasted no, popcorn that's can, any more different than any other soggy, one. It could be soggy. It could be soggy or crunchy or burned. I mean, There's, if it's just you can definitely mess popcorn. up popcorn. I put popcorn in the microwave all the time, and it never comes out the same twice in a row. <laughs> I guess that's possible. The only way I feel like popcorn can taste different is if it's literally just a popcorn with like a different type of flavoring <laughs> thrown on it. But yeah, if it's I just want, popcorn, I, it's popcorn is popcorn to me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see any elaboration on why the 76ers popcorn is the worst. I, I would like to know, though, like, what are they doing so wrong? It's got to be the weather, man. The weather. <laughs> I mean, if you're eating if you're eating popcorn in Philly winter cold, that's horrible. But yeah, if you're yeah. Eating I guess popcorn in, yeah, in, South, my, in Beach, South Beach. Yeah, yeah. That's by a the whole stuff. different experience. Yeah. Right. Do I, we trust I, Steph Curry's popcorn taste taste judgment though? Like how how much experience does he have with popcorn? Really? That's a good question. He is an athlete. I'm sure he watches his nutrition a lot, so <laughs> I doubt he has very little experience in the junk food. I'm honestly just impressed that he's gotten popcorn in every NBA basketball court. Yeah, that's true. Where does he have time for that? I guess after the game, before well, the I game? Mean, I, I don't know. I, I bet he could eat some popcorn during the game. Maybe, maybe a few <laughs> bites, you know? Maybe during the some of those blowouts they had last right, year. Right, yeah, yeah, just <laughs> munching in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, because they're definitely not having any blowouts to close this season off as the Warriors, to close this podcast out, the Warriors are looking more vulnerable than ever before. Oh, you got man. injuries to Curry, Patrick McCall, uh, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, who's recently come back but still not looking 100%. So you got Kevin Durant being the lone leader of this team potentially in the first round. And right now yeah. at that same that the 538 uh, stack graphic table currently has the Warriors with a 6% chance of winning the NBA title this year with uh, <laughs> with obviously the Houston Rockets with a 57% chance of winning Ooh. it. 57%? Knows? 57% wow. chance. Wow. That the, is way higher than I would have given them. I mean, they're the best team in the NBA. They got all their guys nice and healthy. Everybody's in shape, and the Warriors can't be. The same thing can't be said for the Warriors, who are right now leaning on a guy by the name of Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook, <laughs> the G League guy who continues to kick ass. But how long can he continue to do this? He's averaging 19 points, and this week also became the first G League player to average 50% shooting from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. Wow. Um, and Kevin Durant also had this in Yeah, keep Kevin Durant, going. Keep going. Yeah. Kevin Durant also had this interesting quote here. He said, It's cool that people looked at us like we're invincible, but we're not. And you see it with the injuries that we have. We're not superhuman. I think when we play basketball the right way, we're damn good. But if we don't come out there and focus, we can lose to anybody and you've seen that. Man, are you your Utah Timberwolves? Sounds like Pelicans? an excuse. Sounds like <laughs> an excuse. Is Kevin Durant foreseeing something? That's going to happen in the first round, potentially? No, he's just scared. <laughs> he's scared that they're going to lose. And so this is him just making an excuse like, oh, we were never like that good. Anyone <laughs> could have beaten us. Shut up, man. You're just now he's just, oh, man, what a wimp. What a wimp. This is such a cop out quote. 
You think so? This is this is not the attitude of a champion. This is the attitude of a wimp. Right. So maybe if you're the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Jazz, maybe the Oklahoma City Thunder, maybe you got a pretty good feeling if you end up with that seventh seed and end up playing against the Warriors in the first round. Man, is Quinn Cook actually good? He's playing pretty good, man. He's <laughs> not bad. Not is, bad. Is he playing good or is he actually good? That's a good question, and I I would say he's playing good, and that's my point. I'm not sure if he's actually a 19-point guy in this league. <laughs> no, and can no way. Come playoff time, I don't think that's the guy who's going to be scoring 19 points for you uh, against against Oklahoma City or yeah, against the Utah Jazz. Teams, Maybe yeah. the Timberwolves let him score 19 points. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah for sure. <laughs> But yeah, hey, but, uh, I'm, I'm excited, man. Seeing the Warriors vulnerable, that, that makes me happy. Yeah, I agree. It makes it more interesting. Uh, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more breakdowns as we will close out the NBA season next week and wow. get, get geared up for playoff basketball talk. Ooh, this is exciting stuff. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next time.